Hello, everyone. I'm Bill Raggio. I'm a senior fellow at Foundation for Defense of Democracies and editor of FDD's Long War Journal. And this is Generation Jihad, the podcast that covers all things that used to be known as the global war on terror, but what we call the long war. Today, again, we are going to discuss the issue that is on everyone's mind. That's front and center, the war in Gaza, Israel. Of course, we're going to be joined today by my friend and colleague, Joe Trusman. He is a researcher at Foundation for Defense of Democracies, as well as a contributor for the Long War Journal. Joe, welcome to Generation Jihad. And we got a little special surprise today. We are actually in studio here at FDD's office in Washington. Our producer, Danielle, has a nice little setup here. It's pretty sweet. It's nice to actually do a podcast with in person with Joe and Danielle. Usually we're doing this over Zoom. Um, so this is a first for Generation Jihad. Welcome. Welcome, Joe. Great yeah. to see you in, as well. Of course. I appreciate uh, being here and uh, joining you once again. Yeah. No, this is great. This is fun to do in person. I get that. You know, we a lot of times with work, everything's remote and we're looking on screens and nice to press the flesh and, and look in your eyes and tell you I love you, Joe. <laughs> but um, no. Um, I love yeah. me too. Okay. <laughs> um. So, yeah, we had, a, you know, I think the a lot going on, obviously, over the last well, 24 hours. We we haven't talked since. It's like three days. Three, yeah. I, yeah, I think it's, uh, last time we talked, it was like Friday, maybe? Or was it, or was or it Sunday? Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. You know, the days again, are melting. The days are other. melting, so it's okay. Yeah, but yeah, so we have a lot today. This is, we're recording right around the 1030 on, what's today? Thursday? Don't, Wednesday don't, something. Don't it's Wednesday, me. right? Okay, yeah, 1030 <laughs> Wednesday. <laughs> I believe it's October 18th, 18th. Yeah, sure. All right. Enough of that. Um, but you know, first and foremost, the, wow, the information war that is coming out of Gaza over the last, uh, I guess it'd be the 24 hours with a blast at a hospital in Gaza. Um, Hamas immediately comes out, claims 500 people killed, immediately points a finger at the Israeli defense for Israel defense forces. Um, Israel comes back, says, no, we didn't do this and produces evidence. Uh, we're going to talk about that, Joe. But Joe, let's uh, let's get into this. Tell us uh, what happened here. What are we seeing? Um, and let's just discuss how this is playing out. Right. So, yeah, just like you were saying, a, there was a blast at a hospital uh, in Gaza. <clears throat> Initially, it was blamed on uh, an airstrike by the Israeli military. Uh, you know, Hamas came out saying 500 people were killed. Uh, and then uh, after that, it became uh, obvious, but there were some pretty big questions there because there was video coming out too, right? Of, yeah. of what happened. And then, uh, then you notice the, uh, rather than the, uh, the IDF started uh, saying that they weren't uh, involved, that they didn't uh, launch an airstrike there. So, and they started producing evidence, right? So they started publishing um, like videos and <clears throat> from, if, for example, there was an Al Jazeera video uh, of the uh, rockets, of rockets being fired and then an explosion on the ground. These rockets were, were being fired from Gaza, of course. And, um, and there was some other video as well. So questions started popping up because this evidence was starting to show up, you know, like, hmm, maybe it's not, not an airstrike. It, maybe it was a misfire uh, or an errant rocket uh, by Palestinian Islamic Jihad or another armed group. And uh, so is it yeah. another another possibility? Is it possible that the 
I, that the IDF shot down a rocket as well. I've seen video of that being produced that appeared to show that, but that seemed a little odd to me. But, but like you said, there's a lot of questions out there about this uh, from what we're seeing. Right. You know, <clears throat> I can't say for sure, you know, who's at fault here because I mean, problem is also it happened at nighttime. You can't, then from the video, you can't see like, can't see what's where the rockets or uh, the rockets, their trajectory. Uh, you can people can make uh, educated guesses, sure. right? Uh, but yes, it can. It's possible that an Iron Dome uh, Tamir interceptor was launched and hit the rocket. But these, I think, the Israeli military would know if that. Happened. I think so too. Yeah, you know? yeah, I I looked at that video. It's all right. I didn't mean the hijack there, but I saw that video and people are saying it looks like a shoot down, and I'm saying like it's the shoot the. the sh- the supposed impact, I think what we're witnessed there is a rocket breaking up. Um, but the, you know, over Gaza, I thought most of these missiles were intercepted over, over, uh, Israel, right? It's like real close after launch again. But with the point being lots of questions here, the video again, like you said at night, right? So the perspective, everything looks flat. Um, but there's a history of this, right, Joe? Right. Yeah. Tell us about this. Yeah, and it's a very important factor here. So, for example, in last year and the year before, I was giving two examples. Of course, there's other examples. Uh, last year, uh, Al Mayadeen News Network, which is super pro Hamas, Hezbollah, uh, you know, really coddles up to the uh, axis of resistance type groups. And does they should a lot name of- themselves the voice of the resistance. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Pretty much, right. So, anyway. They were live in Gaza during a, um, a limited conflict between Islamic Jihad and Israel. And so they're shooting live video and then these rockets are being fired in Gaza. I can't remember where in Gaza. I'm not sure if it was Gaza City. I just can't recall. Anyway, and then they – they uh, on live TV, they record these rockets being launched from Gaza and then one of the rockets goes astray and it goes towards the camera. And I'm watching it and it's pretty – I would have been scared to death because I thought, you know, it's just, oh God, this rocket's coming towards me. And then it lands right near the crew and it hits a neighborhood. So there's evidence there that these rockets go astray. And then there's another, and then the year before it, something similar happened. So there's history there of rockets being fired that are basically no good. Uh, they're because um, we got to remember these are terrorists. These are terrorist groups that are putting together these rockets, and some of them launching them from civilian population, exactly. launching them over civilian population, right? And uh, and we see it. There's video of you know these uh, Hamas putting together rockets from uh, water pipes dug out of the ground. Uh, it's so these guys aren't. I want to say they're rocket scientists, but you know, so they can make they make mistakes. So. It's very likely this happened here. So I think that's a, an important point. Yeah, I, I concur. I, I, that's what leads me to believe is this was an errant rocket, a mis, some type of misfire. Um, in the uh, the wider jihadi world, I mean, we always sort of mocked when a suicide bomber would accidentally blow up his vest. And we call it, you know, we jokingly called it premature detonation. I think this is sort of the, the Hamas Palestinian Islamic jihad version of that. Yeah. I mean, people, you know, look, again, if I didn't have dark humor, I'd have none. So, 
Um, but we see that in Palestinian in the Palestinian armed groups too. Yeah. But they you know, yeah. have work accidents. Yeah, work accidents <laughs> is another one. Yeah. Right. Uh, That's usually uh, when the IED goes off. Right. Yeah. 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 And yes. Exactly. It goes <laughs> off uh, accidentally uh, for whatever reason. So yeah. But it, it does happen with uh, armed Palestinian. Armed I groups. I really think we're, we're looking at now. The IDF came out. Um, they they did respond to this. Um, as you noted, you know they they would have told us. I mean, look. Who are you going to trust here? You know, this is definitely a he said, she said situation. And unfortunately, he happens to be a terrorist group that is known for lying about these incidents. It has a long history of this in, in the past. Um, you know, but the IDF issued, released some drone footage of the of the site. It actually didn't appear to strike the hospital itself, but in a parking lot, right. a very small area. There might have been like 10 or 15 cars in this area. Mm. Um. No, look, I, I, why would the IDF launch a strike there in that location? They understand that this is a hospital. There's only one reason I could think or several. There's a couple of reasons why the IDF might take a strike at the hospital in this type of situation. A, a high value target being there, one or more, and they'd have to be pretty damn high. Um, perhaps some type of rocket launch, but I actually think they might let that type of thing pass if it was launched from a hospital location. And, you know, one of the things that really caught, you know, Hamas came out immediately and said that 500 people were killed. We talked about that a little earlier. I'm looking at this location. I don't know how you put 500 people in there. It would look like Times Square yeah. um, in this yeah. small spot. So the, you, you have all these you have all these data points that tells me something isn't right here. And, you know, one thing that Hamas is really good at, and Joe, you know this better than just about anyone, is Hamas is great at weaponizing incidents like this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, for example, I'll give you another example just, uh, just really quickly. So Hamas routinely is, is right now, actually, especially during this war, routinely uh, publishes statements. Uh, for example, um, let's say there's a rocket alert uh, for Tel Aviv, for example. The, the alert comes out uh, that rockets are being fired on Tel Aviv from Gaza. Then Hamas will publish a statement on their one of their official channels, uh, online channels rather, uh, that says something to the effect of uh, we are uh, we're bombing Tel Aviv in response to the massacres committed against uh, Palestinian civilians in Gaza. Uh, that's and we're see- and that's become routine now. We're seeing that 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 they're saying that they're responding to Israeli um, Israeli airstrikes because they're because of civilian deaths. And I'm telling you, that's just a load of nonsense. Yeah. Uh, it really is because if they were. Honestly, if they were concerned about civilians in Gaza, they would just say, hey, you know what? Here are the hostages. Please, let's just stop. Let's talk. Let's do something. Um, politi- it would be political, right? It would be a political Let, uh, agreement. Let's not launch rockets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Continue uh, airstrikes. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but the thing is, they're trying to convey this image of being – resistance fighters they are resisting the so-called occupation so they're uh by by saying that they're uh they're protecting or they're responding against civilian deaths uh they're just trying to boost their image as like these this this uh freedom fighters i'm sorry freedom fighters don't go into communities rape murder uh, uh, torture abduct uh, burn people you know it's uh, sorry, it's just ridiculous. So, so yeah, so it's just totally, there's this, there's a kinetic war right now, and then there's the information war. And that's been a thing with the Israeli Palestinian conflict 
for years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, look, I mean, what they did in that October 7th attack, I mean, it was like the Vikings came to town. Um, that's just barbarism. We, we just don't see, we shouldn't, we don't expect to see in, in the 21st century. And yet, you know, you want to, if that's what freedom looks like, I want no part of it. You could keep your freedom fighters. Um, the Arab, you know, back, we're going to talk a little bit more about that PR war here, Joe. You really hit on the issue here. You know, so first, the response in the region. Um, the, you know, often much a maligned Arab street really showed up last night. You saw protests in, in Turkey, in um, Lebanon, in Iraq, in Baghdad, outside the U.S. Embassy. Um, I'm probably missing other locations, but uh, very disturbing images of, you know, the, Despite, you know, all the burden, what drives me crazy about this is all the burden, the, the, even the Western press runs with this. They run with immediately with the 500 dead. They run immediately with the, um, it was an Israeli airstrike. And then Israel is forced to prove, to offer evidence of how it wasn't. And the actual, the way this actually works, like in sciences, is those who make the claim have to offer proof. Hamas needed to offer proof of an Israeli airstrike here. That's how this should work. But in the real world, unfortunately, it works the other, in the press world, it works the other way around. And this, now look, I don't know whether the Western media influenced what, you know, these protests that we've seen across the Arab world, um, last night. But, you know, and, and, and the reality is, is that a lot of the, you know, the Arab press, um, is going to buy these narratives. Al Jazeera, et cetera, are going to bite on these narratives quickly. Um, so Joe, you know, my question for, I have for you here is, does the truth matter here? Um, does it, you know, at, at the end, this is a PR war as much as a physical war. And I think the Israelis lost the PR war here as soon as the first salvo was fired, it's like all the cards are, are, you know, the deck is stacked against the Israelis in matters like this. Yeah. Um, it's almost like people forgot how this all started. Right. Yeah. At least uh, the October 7th attack. So yeah, uh, there's a lot to unpack there. You know what the Israelis did as far as trying to prove that they weren't responsible. It's actually notable. And what I mean by that is that, uh, not only did they release, you know, drone video and uh, other types of video, uh, they actually re- uh, uh, published an intercept between uh, members of terrorist organizations uh, that pr- um, pointed towards it being a, a uh, the strike being the uh, a strike the strike being uh, caused by Palestinian armed groups. So, um, and what they're doing there, which is notable, is that they're actually. Um, they're giving up a source there, the intelligence. Yeah, Israeli absolutely. Yeah. That's that's yeah. a big thing. Believe me, Israeli intelligence does not like to publish uh, this type of information to the public. They don't like because, yes, they're they're giving up a source. They may be giving up methods and how they uh, intercept the uh, this conversation. Uh, so. So, yeah, it's a big deal. And but, you know, it's it's, it's I'll say real quick that but it's it favors Hamas as far as 
these these protests because I've said it all along that all Hamas needs to do, and they've done this before, is just hunker down and wait. They have to wait because international pressure will get to, uh, let's say, the United States or Israel, and uh, eventually they'll they may buckle, you know, and that war is over. Yeah, you know, one of the the conundrum I've had with this war from the very beginning is the Israelis are in a situation where their public will demand the dismantlement of Hamas, which requires a ground invasion. And yet the international pressure for the Israelis to be proportional, to be fast, to end the war quickly, to, to move on to the, to the peace stage, whatever that means, who wins there? I mean, what Israeli government can survive going soft on Hamas after what the Israeli people. So, you know, I got to, they're in a difficult position. Um, it's going to be, I mean, interesting is the only word that I could think of. It's not the right word to see how this plays out over time. Um, you know, the, the, the propaganda aspect of this war and, you know, the, uh, the, one of the Israeli defense force spokesmen, he said, he said, look, we're all about accountability. We want to get to the bottom of this. And, you know, for, look, but, you know, this is difficult, but how can you immediately run with what Hamas says and discount what we're saying? And look, I'm, I'm not, we don't know. Joe and I don't know what happened here. We're talking about the likely, like what likely happened here. I can't rule out that this was some type of errant Israeli missile, um, you know, that, that a, a bomb went awry, something like that. I don't see evidence of that. What I do see is the Israelis trying to put their side of the story out there. And that, that audio, I heard that this morning, um, right before I got into the office here. And it's compelling, but is the Arab street going to buy it? Are they going to buy the, the visual evidence that the IDF put out? Because everyone, you know, has been conditioned now to just say the Israelis are lying. The Israelis are lying. They're covering. Mm -hmm. They just want to kill. You know, what, what drives me crazy about the genocide narrative that exists in Palestine and for, with the Palestinians is if the Israelis wanted to commit genocide, A, they know what that looks like because they lived through it. And B, they have the means to do it. And yet we're talking over the last how many two decades, how many Israelis have been killed since um, Gaza was uh, abandoned by the Israelis. It's not occupied is what several thousand. Yeah, That's not what genocide looks like. And but these are the narratives that take place. So any any final thoughts on that, Joe, before we move on, and get a little northern update? I realize uh, I'm opining there. But, yeah, <laughs> no, you, you got it. I mean, that's all you need is, um, you know, it's Hamas, what Hamas may say, and with through their because um, they control the media, they control almost everything that comes out of Gaza. So they say 500 killed, and then you show some video uh, and put it up on, you know, tw or not tw I guess not Twitter anymore. X. X. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'll figure that out. But um, yeah, that's all they need, and then it just is disseminated from there. That's it. You know, the Israelis they have to. And don't get me wrong, they have, they have to act fast and try to um, counter this this information, but it's it's difficult. Unfortunately, these when it comes to this type of information, information warfare, the Israelis are they're slow at it. You know? but so it takes you know, and because this type of information is difficult, all the Israelis can do in this in, as soon as the claim is made is saying we're aware of the event. 
we're investigating to see if we're responsible for, for this. And we will, but that takes time that you have to call a commander. You need to talk to, you need to look at video. You, there's all of these things that have to happen to get to the bottom of it. But as soon as that first salvo, that information salvo is fired by Hamas, it's, it's over and, and it's, it's unfair. Um, but that's, that's the reality. I mean, and this is part of, you know, living in the instant, instant information age. So, I mean, hell, I grew up, Joe, um, I'm old enough to remember, uh, you know, when cable came out, you know, the internet wasn't even a thing. So, you know, and yeah, I walked uphill both ways to school in the, in the snow and rain as well. But, you know, it's such a, you know, the information you got it from your networks. It was, it was, there was time taken to develop that information and to disseminate it to you. And now all you need is a, a an iPhone or a Samsung, take a video of a couple of people that were killed in some attack, make up a fake number, and there you go. Yeah. And you won the opening, you won an, uh, a battle in the information war. Exactly. And that's, I can't tell you how many times that's happened. I've, I've noticed, and I've, I've witnessed that. So as far as, you know, uh, video of uh, whatever and then uh, published and then it goes you know viral and then uh and even some networks will carry it too they and do. then yeah and then you find it's out enticing later, yeah then then you find out later oh it was actually either it was fake uh or faked or it was a completely different event from another year uh so so yeah you don't have that uh, type of verification i guess you can say that's that's exactly right joe the the videos i watched from that last evening um they're all from different angles how do i even know they're looking at the same event how do i know that was all from the same day and that's what people that's what i've been in the last 20 uh, less than 24 hours now people have been asking me a lot of people that i that i work with and um and and journalists as well yeah so joe can you can you tell me you know do you think these are the same videos and I just tell all of them, like, I, I don't know. It's that it's dark. And, uh, these type of, you know, I can't tell you how much, how many videos out there of rocket fire from the Gaza Strip that, that are out there. There's, there's gotta be thousands right. since, because there's been so much conflict there, right? So I, I can't say for sure, but at least now everything points to, at least in my assessment, it, it seems like that it was, uh, an errant rocket fire. Uh, but still early. Hopefully, we'll get more information. I doubt Hamas or Islamic Jihad will will provide evidence such as um, the uh, maybe the uh, pieces of the rocket or missile or whatever you want to call it. You know, they won't. I doubt they'll do that. Uh, so uh, anyway. Who's to say they couldn't go to a site where the Israelis launched a strike, grab go. fragments, yep. and seed them on the ground? Who's going to conduct an investigation in Gaza right yeah. now? Who can be immediately on the scene? Do we trust Hamas to conduct that investigation? No, absolutely not. That's the problem here. Like, and and this is, you know, the the press needs to really needs to exercise responsibility here, um, and have some patience and and look right. at the facts as opposed to react emotionally um, to to these issues. Right, and that's what I, we do a lot uh, in our work. Uh, we see a video, uh, whether, you know, with me, if it's from, like, say, the West Bank or you, if it's from Afghanistan, for example, and I'm, and I look at it and just have to not just question it, but really just make sure and ensure that, um, that it's, that it's real, it's legitimate. I try to, I double check, I go back and just make sure, Maybe to make sure that's not from another conflict or something else, because 
thing is, once you get to a certain, it, if you publish something, if I publish something, it it can have an effect, right? Yes. So, yes. And I understand that responsibility that I have now, uh, or what we do at Long Word or what Long Word Journal does as well. So we got to be super sure. We're not just just uploading stuff on just videos and things like that, just to just to do it. So, um, and I think, yeah, yeah, I think that's what happened here. People, the, some outlets and, and just other people that are online, 500 dead, you know, Israeli airstrike on hospital. Oh my God. Like that's definitely going to grab headlines. So yeah, it's clicks, it's views. Clicks. Yeah, it's, and yeah. you know, you, you brought up an interesting point, right? With what we look at, I remember, look, I've looked at numerous jihadi videos mm-hmm. one of the things i've really honed in on in afghanistan was taliban videos of their training camps right or their training exactly. yes yes and they would say it's in this province or it's in that province now did i know that they were doing it in this province i didn't and i'd be very clear taliban claim we can't confirm exactly. um but clearly they were training people right. right and i was interested in the type of training which by the way was dismissed by benny as being um amateur and then guess who won the war in afghanistan but here we are um so yeah yeah it's 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 a very difficult and you're right i i do recall i'm going did i see this video before is this new is this old mm-hmm. footage some now in propaganda videos where they're just sort of making points often you'd see recycled videos usually with the videos like with training camps and stuff that was usually new i you start learning patterns you start watching and but every time you looked at something you still have to ask those critical questions about the validity of the information that you look at knowing that these the people that are putting these out are terrorist organizations that aren't often very reliability. I was fortunate with the Taliban on certain issues. They happen to be very reliable. As long as I stayed in that lane, I could give it a higher confidence of reliability, but still knowing that they might, they might put one over. On oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's lots of nonsense right now coming out of uh, Hamas and other groups uh, during in this, in this war right now that I've noticed. I won't go into all of it, but uh, we've already explained a little bit of it. Absolutely. Just, just, and, and and I'm seeing it repeated online or in the media, and I'm thinking to myself, "You guys don't know what you're talking yeah. about," you know, because yeah. because like, we have experience, you and I, Bill, in this type of stuff, you know, so we can kind of just see through the the BS, I guess I'll call it, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, um, like that audio. I I, I realize we want to move on to Gaza, but this is such a fascinating subject to me. The you know, I've been doing this for a long time, and I saw these things develop in Iraq. I saw them develop in Afghanistan. I saw them develop firsthand in both of those countries, but in, in other theaters as well. Like that that audio that um, the IDF released, the two Hamas yeah, yeah, yeah. fighters talking yeah. about, you know, the people are, are saying, oh, that's just fake, right? <laughs> like that's the – but you watch – listen to that. If that's fake, that's the most clever – there's these pauses. You could – actually hear the one Hamas fighter going, you can hear it in his head. It's going, oh shit. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's literally what's going through this guy's mind mm-hmm. because he realized that, and that's what they're saying is it's short fired and they're responsible for this. Yeah. But the thing is, is he's wrong. Not oh shit. He, he should have been thinking we'll get away with this anyway. Right. And listen, if somebody is looking to invalidate this, audio they'll make up they'll find something they'll make something up in their head or whatever so if, if you know if if they're if they think it's fake or they want they want it to be fake they can they'll find a way to convince themselves right so 
I don't question the images that the were, were released from those who were killed or wounded at that mm-hmm. site. I question the numbers, yeah, but I don't question that people were killed or wounded and, and that explosion happened. So I'm not going to sit here and say that video was faked. Something happened. It, it, you know, you could see it with the location of the hospital, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, if that was fake, that was certainly elaborate. You know, just throwing fake and and black flag operation and all this stuff yeah. out there. Conspiracies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, It gets yeah. old. Yeah, I had somebody tell me once, uh, not long ago, a few days ago, that um, the uh, the attack, the October 7th attack was staged. Yeah. And this is just like a normal guy, normal person, uh, just, you know, that I happened to, that I happened to meet. And, yeah, he was just telling me what he, what he thought. Like, oh, this was a – Staged attack that, or that the Israelis allowed it so they can yeah. uh, go into Gaza and remove Hamas. And I'm just thinking to myself, what are you talking about? But that's this, but we see that everywhere now it, Russia, Ukraine, you know? I mean, that's a, another huge, huge, like yeah. lots of conspiracies. So anyway, so we're, I'm seeing this in, in this particular war, unfortunately, but people want to see what they want to see. All right. And even if even if the Israelis had video of the of Islamic Jihad actually firing the rockets and it and you know tracking it and hitting the hospital or the outside of the hospital, right. people would still not believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Uh, very familiar conspiracy theories, <laughs> especially related to nine eleven. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And creation. We created Al Qaeda. The United States created yeah. ISIS. The United States wanted the Taliban to take over Afghanistan. I mean, just this is just. <laughs> It's hard to tune that stuff out, but all right. Well, look, Joe, let's move on. Let's take a quick look what's happening in northern Israel. Um, Obviously, in the south, the Israelis are conducting limited raids and airstrikes against Hamas. Um, But the activity in the north, that's the front that you and I are both uh, very concerned about. Um, Tell us what's going on. Yeah. So uh, basically, since the war started, Hezbollah has been a little active. And I say a little because I know how much how powerful they are. Uh, but they've been keeping the border area, the uh, Lebanon-Israel border, at a simmer. So we've been seeing daily attacks against IDF posts, uh, IDF uh, Merkava tanks, by with guided missiles, uh, and we've seen some light arms fire from by uh, by Hezbollah members. So by members of Hezbollah, and also we've seen some retaliation response by the IDF. Uh, they've killed, uh, I think uh, right now the count is either 11 or 12 members of Hezbollah that have been killed by the, uh, by the Israelis since this conflict started, uh, this war started. And there are a few members of Hamas that uh, Hamas's branch in Lebanon and as well Islamic Jihad's branch in Lebanon. Uh, they've tried to infiltrate the border from southern Lebanon. So that's kind of a, a new, I'd say a new facet to this war that we're seeing Palestinian, like a Palestinian front in the north, not open up necessarily, but attacks are trying to, uh, they're trying to launch attacks from there. So um, that's, that's really, that's, that's something interesting. But again, yes, concerned it's going to get much worse. Uh, you know, Hamas, Islamic Jihad, uh, Al-Aqsa Martyrs Brigades, and an assortment of other Palestinian groups uh, are nothing compared to Hezbollah. Uh, as far as the the armament and training uh, that, that 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 Hezbollah has, so that's the concern that all these these are tens of thousands of rockets, maybe over a hundred thousand rockets. I've heard, I've heard a hundred thousand or even more. I've heard one hundred fifty thousand. Uh, yeah. Some I wouldn't uh, doubt it. Yeah, honest, I wouldn't doubt it. And some have uh, you know these PGMs that a lot of people have been talking about the precision guided missiles. So 
you know, they can, Hezbollah has the ability to hit sensitive sites in Israel. There's a Dimona nuclear reactor. Uh, then there's, um, so yeah, there's other sites as well. And then they have uh, anti-ship missile ca- capability. So they can target uh, Israeli Navy. They can target the American, the American Navy as well in the Mediterranean. So it's, uh, it's very concerning. So we're waiting, you know, everyone's waiting and I know they're concerned. I know the Israelis are super concerned. There's been a couple times where there have been false alerts of, uh, of drones, uh, drone attacks inside Israel from Lebanon. And, um, it's gotten the Israelis, you know, super nervous, of course. And, uh, so yeah, everyone's just waiting. Is Hezbollah actually going to start? open up a second front so far keeping it on a simmer like i'm saying but yeah 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 so the activities up from obviously pre october 7th yes but not to the point where the israelis need feel that they need to retaliate in oh dare i say in force that they right they're not bombing beirut massive strikes yeah Yeah, they're not bombing beirut yet uh you know hopefully they don't hopefully it doesn't get to that um but yeah it's not to the point where they're you know, where the air forces just uh, do multiple attacks. But, you know, um, I, I just don't know. Because the other thing is, I, Hezbollah understands that if something, if they were to open up a second front, they are inviting, it's almost like mutual destruction, essentially. And they and Lebanon's already in chaos. <laughs> Lebanon's so bad right now. And yeah. I'm not talking much just about Hezbollah, but ec- economically and, and all sorts of other things. So yeah. I, I just don't think Lebanon could survive a a massive attack from the Israelis because it wouldn't be like a one day thing. It 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 would it, be who knows how long. So the, yeah. the, the Israelis were pretty clear that they would hold the Lebanese government responsible too. Yeah, they, they yeah they don't, yes that's that's a com- that's common for them to say that. Yeah. And, and and as well they should. I mean, I heard uh, the Lebanese. I believe it was their foreign minister, mm-hmm. and he came out and basically said, "We don't have control over Hezbollah." I, I, I mean, I mean, they probably don't, but I mean, Hezbollah but I mean, is, to hear that admission, yeah, like, what know, is the U.S. putting billions of dollars into the <laughs> and Unifil military <laughs> and then Unifil? I mean, we we funded the Lebanese army so that it would prevent Hezbollah from going to war, and yet, yeah, I, what I, a mistake! It bothers me so much because listen, I, the way I see it is that Hezbollah controls the LAF. I'm sorry, but they yeah, have not, guys yeah. in the LAF. You cannot tell me they don't. And uh, there's a long history of it. Just people don't, they just don't look for it or don't want to believe it. But anyway, it's just, it's nuts to me. I mean, you could say that the, the U.S. government directly or indirectly is funding Hezbollah. Well, Joe, just as we funded Hamas, this is the problem with our policy. I've noticed this in, in all of the wars that we fought that I've covered. We believe that we could throw money at, at the problem. If we give Hamas money, if we fund them, their government, that, you know, maybe they'll be nice to Israel. If we fund Lebanese, you know, maybe they'll, they'll, uh, they'll be able to contain Hezbollah. Um, you know, if we fund an Afghan government, it could stand up to the Taliban. But like, if we give money to Pakistan, um, maybe they'll constrain the Taliban um, and fight terrorism. And yet in a lot of these instances, I'll leave out the Afghan one because that's a little, little different, but the Lebanese look at us w- with contempt. The Hamas looks at it, looks at us with contempt. 30 Americans killed 13, at least in custody or whereabouts unknown. That's what you're 
I don't know how many billions of dollars probably went into Gaza. How many billions of dollars are going to Lebanon? We're probably going to get a front open there against Isla, uh, against uh, Israel. Um, uh, you know, Pakistan, I know we spent over $30 billion so they could, you know, fund the Taliban arm and train the Taliban to kill Amer- uh, 2,000 American troops. Just throwing money at a problem. That's just not a solution. Um, we see it here domestically and, and, uh, and, and we see it globally. And it really, it, honestly, in my opinion, it doesn't work in either instance, but particularly overseas, it's a massive failure. Right. Right. Yeah. You, throwing money at terrorist groups doesn't change the, their ideology. Yeah. They just hold us in contempt. They just, they look at us. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> they, they laugh at us. I mean, you know, I look, we invested a lot of money into Gaza how the president of the United States can't unconditionally demand the release of American citizens. Um, I'll just sidestep the issue of justice for the Americans killed, but just, I want my citizens back. No, we have to negotiate. And you know what? They look at us and they laugh. And, you know, uh, our our friend, Tom Jocelyn always called this servile diplomacy. And um, it's exactly what it is. I mean, we, we subsume ourselves to the uh, to the will of terrorist organizations, what we did in Afghanistan with signing a deal with the Taliban, it's with supporting Hamas, it's with giving money to the Lebanese to fund Hezbollah, um, or or basically to you know to to do to be ineffective against Hezbollah if you want to look at it that way, just mistake after mistake after mistake, and we don't learn from them. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you, Bill. Yeah, I'll get off my soapbox on that one. Um, finally, uh, there's been a, a, a somewhat important Hezbollah commander killed. Uh, tell us a little bit of more, uh, more about him. Uh, what's the significance? Yeah, um, it was Hamas. Hamas. I'm sorry, Hamas. Uh, my mistake. Uh, of course, uh, no. So much, uh, so much going on. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Ayman Nofal is his name. He was killed uh, either yesterday or the day before. Can't get the exact date right, but uh, the IDF. Uh, acknowledged or put out a statement saying that they killed him. Uh, Hamas acknowledged it. Basically, uh, Nofal was a high-ranking commander in Hamas. Also, He also uh, was a key leader in the Palestinian Joint Operations Room, which is basically a grouping of all the Palestinian armed groups. Uh, And uh, in previous years, including this one, of course, uh, they have fought Israel uh, in in a coordinated manner. So he was uh, very – he's uh, for now, right now, today, he's the most important, I would say, uh, terrorist killed in uh, during this war. So it, it's, it's, a, it's an accomplishment, at least for the uh, for the Israelis. So uh, so, yeah, so we've so he was he was killed in an airstrike. And but I expect more, yeah. a lot more, uh, many, many more. Uh, so. Uh, as as this conflict drags on, but there's still there's a few big guys out there. We've talked about them: uh, Marwan Issa, Yahya Sinwar, uh, and of course Muhammad Daif. So uh, though they have a huge target uh, on their back. So we'll see. We'll see. I call that a good start, um, yeah. but a lot of work to be done. Yeah, yeah Daif is definitely on the top of my list. After yeah. I uh, that guy, um, he needs to go. It's time. Yeah, they've they've tried a lot. Uh, believe yeah. me, they've uh, they've almost got him a few times. But um, he's a they, ghost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, some of these guys are good at their jobs. Look, yeah. we don't have to like them, but we certainly should respect them. Joe, great to see you. Great to do this in person. Danielle, thank you so much. Love the studio. Um, nice. This is fantastic. We yeah. got to do this again, hopefully soon. 
Um, thank you, everyone, for uh, joining us for today's episode of Generation Jihad. Just a reminder, you can find us on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a review, preferably a positive one, only if we earned it. Thanks again. We'll see you all again soon.